Welcome, friends, to Random Number One Twenty Two. That's right, Episode One Hundred and Twenty Two of this wild train on this wild ride we've been on. I'm Ox. That over there is Luke, and we're going to tell you about the latest and greatest you should be watching. Maybe some you should be avoiding. But uh, on the docket for tonight, we have two episodes of Titans, uh, two episodes of Watchmen. We're going to be talking about Watchmen at the end, just so if people are trying to avoid spoilers, they can avoid it that way. Uh, then for the final spookums of the month for October, I got to pick them. I chose uh, Thirst and The Witch. Uh, we also watched Dolomite on Netflix, as well as Terminator six which is dark fate um did you get everything watched this week luke i did not Uh oh what are you missing um let's see um i didn't watch thirst but i think that's okay because i've seen it before like 10 years ago when it came out uh it's it's a catholic vampire right that's Mm -hmm. that's one i'm thinking of yeah uh, and I didn't see Terminator because I got violently ill watching other movies. Oh, you fucked up, son. Then I got to, but I got to see The Lighthouse. Ooh. How was it? But then I got violently ill halfway through it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the dude that did Lighthouse is the same one that did The Witch, right? Yep. Okay. I think I saw that somewhere like this last week, and I was like, oh, that's a nice little ramp into Lighthouse if it ever fucking comes close to me. And then uh, I also saw uh, before I got sick, because, dude, like I had a whole weekend planned. I was like, I want to see all the movies, because all the movies <laughs> came out here. Uh, I was going to see Parasite, which finally came out here. I was going to see Jojo Rabbit, which finally came out. Uh, I, I did get to the Lighthouse. And I also saw Jay and Silent Bob reboot before Ooh. I got to the White House. How was the reboot? It's really bad. <laughs> I mean, were you expecting it to be good? I don't know. It's I was expecting nostalgia, maybe. Yeah. Did they just be- did they just take the uh, Jay and Silent Bob and just like rewrite it or what? Uh no. It's like. It can't even. It like doesn't even follow a formula. It has the bare threads of like Strike Back, okay. and like that's the joke, right? Is the reboot? It's like them going to Hollywood again to stop this movie based on characters on them. But now it's it's the movie's getting rebooted. It's a gritty, dark reboot, and they need to go stop it. But <laughs> in, in terms of like, it's like that's the premise it hinges on. But in terms of, it really felt like. Smith just called in a lot of favors, but didn't make any connective tissue to anything. Like, hmm. he's like, oh, hey, we got Matt Damon back to play Loki from Dogma, but in no way is it a, integral to the plot. It's just a little cutaway scene with him in it. And now we're just going <laughs> to cut away to the scene. With Bro- it's like, it's really weird. Um, but what's really weird is, like, I can see what he's going for. And I feel there's actually some, like, poignancy to what he's actually like thematically trying to do but he just undercuts it by by servicing what the, the fans are and I think that makes it ultimately not worth watching hmm. interesting yeah because I've been wanting to actually go out and catch the I think they were in uh, Iowa City like 
two weeks ago. Yeah, that's um, the thing is they're doing this weird like wherever they play it during that like the road show where they're taking it around, it opens in the markets around there like a week or two after. So like uh, that's why it's playing down here now. Nice. Uh right on, right on. Uh so you ready to get into the actual shows and whatnot we watched? Maybe. Or did you still want to talk about a few of those others? Oh, I no, but I did also watch it. Did you watch Jack Ryan? Uh, I didn't. I didn't see that you had kicked it off, so I just held out, held off, and I was going to mm-hmm. do it next I week. I didn't because you were because you were like, "I'm going to watch it." And I was like, "Ah, I told you like a month ago, I didn't want to watch that fucking show." Um, did you? Oh, did you no, dive in? So I, no, I didn't. But I did start Castle Rock. Oh, okay, I knew there was something I was forgetting, and I just was like. It got to seven o'clock tonight, and I was like, mm, "I'm done with everything, right?" Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Uh, how many episodes do they have up now? Then I think tonight the fifth episode goes up. Okay, uh, I was talking to somebody uh, on Twitter a few days ago. Um, they, I had found them through like uh, House of X, Powers of X, and like they were following, like, like trying to fi- find all the clues and everything. So I figured. Uh, them talking about a storyline like this would be helpful. Um, they seem to say, think it, it makes more coherent sense. Uh, he said he rewatched or binged through the whole thing uh, before the second season. And it made so much more sense than that first one, because I think that the week between episodes just really kills any momentum that it can even try to build up. Um, oh, that, I don't know. That first season was, I still uh, really that's... hate the last five seconds of that show, that first season for sure. <laughs> I have a lot of problems, but like this season's a lot stronger so far. Uh, this one deals with uh, the events from Shining, right? No. Oh, I thought even at the uh, house or the hotel. Mm-mm. Even though that might be what they led you to believe at the end of season one, no. <laughs> um, this one follows, um, you know, misery, right? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's Ann Wilkes, like uh, uh, Kathy Bates' character from Misery. Oh okay, and she like she like is in town. And then it's also sort of doing like Salem's Lot, and there might be vampires, so I'm kind of cool with that. <laughs> I have no idea about Salem's Lot, so, uh, but I, I am interested in vampires, so I'm totally down. Uh, do you want to burn through like the five episodes then for next week? I've already watched four, so okay. it just means another episode for me. Um, that was me laid up on the couch last night, not being able to move. <laughs> I stayed up until four o'clock just watching Castle Rock. Um, but like the weirdest thing about it is, and maybe I'm wrong, but I felt like in the first season, uh, the main character felt like an outsider, not only because like, you know, what happened to him as a kid, but also he felt like the only black person in town and that kind of ostracized him. And this season, there's like, there's a whole Somalian fucking subculture going on. This huge, t- and it was just, I was like, huh. That's weird. None of that played into last season at all. Okay. But they're in a completely different place than the, the first uh, season, right? No, it's the exact same place. Oh, <laughs> I guess it's, it's the, considering the title of the show. Um, yep, it's Castle Rock. And they make, they make allusion to like weird stuff happening there, including like kids disappearing, which would be a 
reference to him disappearing in the last season. Huh. Oh, damn. Uh, did it, did, was it more cohesive uh, watching him back-to-back like that? Well, I think this season's a lot more focused than the oh, other okay. one was. Right on. Uh, yeah, I'm totally down for catching up with that. Uh, I'm also going to burn through half of Jack Ryan. Um, I know you don't want to, so <laughs> I'll come back next week and we'll be, I'll either push you towards it or stray you away. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not going near it, but yeah, I also feel like there's something else coming out soon that like we watched the first season of and it's coming back real soon. There's a bunch of things like there's stuff that we got to still get caught up, like uh, Legion and uh, Terror. Um. Yeah, I I know there's something else for sure, but I can't just I can't put my thumb on it. So, um, talking about Titans though, how exciting is that show kicking off? Is it? No, nope, it, it certainly is not. <laughs> <laughs> we have hit um, the three two thirds of the way through crawl. And boy, did it get boring real quick. See, I I don't agree with that. Um, I think I think last week's episode is really good. The Jericho flashback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that episode. I think it doesn't slow down in this week's episode, but the problem was that we need to splinter the group again. So, like. I don't buy anyone's motivations that they're so mad at Dick about this that they all leave again. Yeah, like, that's the no that's the real problem I have. Um, like it just for being early twenties, maybe I can I can really stretch the truth and like, yeah, maybe they're pissed off at him for this reason. But like, I don't understand Donna leaving considering she knows the truth that Garth saved uh the one lady from being shot by Deathstroke. Um and that never came up, but she's still pissed off at Dick, even though like he only fibbed that Deathstroke killed his son in front of him rather than when he showed up to the church. Which, yeah, he like, literally just like he's like so the original line was that Jericho was dead when he got there instead of Jericho died saving me. And everyone's like, you fucking piece of shit. We're out of here. Even like Hank's like beating the fuck out of him. Yeah, like when Hank walked up to him, I was like, man, he's going to embrace them. And he's like, nah, it's cool, man. We're a team. Shit like this happens. Let's let's correct it. Nope. Fucking just cold cocks him. (laughs) And then fucking... uh, all the younger Titans, who this does not affect at all, are like, what the fuck, dude? We are out. And I'm like, what is happening? None of this makes any sense. Yeah. Rose taking off, and Jace is just like, I'm going with her, I suppose, because I was just going to jump off the uh, top of this fucking building, but you said you wanted to tell us all, and now that you're just lying to everybody, I guess I'm going to go with this evil man's daughter, <laughs> because this evil man killed his son. I don't know. It's it's That's really, weird. really hard. But yeah, Jericho's episode was awesome. Um, the, yeah, that the flash really back. Um, I don't know. The, it's just like I think it's getting it's nearing the end, and it's kind of drag. It feels like it's dragging its feet just a little bit because we still it have is. like four episodes, I suppose. Um, yeah, and like. 
I don't know, because like you, we all know where it's going, and like, but it doesn't seem like the show wants to get there yet. So yeah. they're like, well, we need to take a detour. But I mean, it also Deathstroke. Deathstroke is one of their biggest nemesis, and like keeps coming back, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, I, I don't find, I don't believe that they're just gonna finish him off. Like they'll get him in custody, whatever, blah blah blah. But like. The problems I have is like the younger teens taking off and Raven just taking off. Like nobody knows what the fuck she just went off. Uh, now we're gonna get a bullshit storyline with Starfire just to take our attention off of everything that's happening with Deathstroke for a couple episodes, one or two episodes, I'm sure. Um, and what's what's really dumb is that like fucking Raven's like, I'm going with you, Dada. And then has to forcefully hold Donna back and run away. It's like, why didn't she just leave by herself? Why? Yeah. What? What is this subterfuge we're going through? Yeah, why did we get three lined up Ubers to split up teams to split up teams even for, like... Uh, and then Superboy wakes up with no guidance and nobody knows that he has a child's brain inside this man's body. Uh, and Scar is just like, hey, let's go hang out in the town because it's super boring here and all I've been doing is just hitting this punching bag. You just punched a hole through. <sighs> I do love, though, that fucking, like, Hank and Don are just like, we're going to go back and we're going to karaoke and things going to be good. And that fucking, like, meth head comes out and she's like, you think you can shake your titties out here and nobody knows who you are? <laughs> I know who you are. Yeah. Uh but I'm and still like, so like, hey, who can get me some heroin? Hmm? Who's, got, who's, got <laughs> who's, got, who's got them drugs for me? Need a little something stronger. So, but yeah, yeah I, I mean, I really dug the flashback episode, and like, like I said, it's fairly obvious, at least to me, I think, um, that what we're heading to is not only a showdown with Deathstroke, but that. Jericho is in Deathstroke. I never thought about that till right now. I can tell by the way you gasped. Son of a bitch. Because wow. think about how weird Deathstroke was acting in that scene where like yeah, <laughs> when yeah, Dick's but... like, I need to apologize. And then like she's like, oh, maybe she could talk to Grayson! Yeah, it, it was way too strange. Um, I just attributed it to like his his uh training or uh different experiments they did on him um i figured like if he gets him riled up but shit that makes so much more sense plus um, i think what gave it away is she's like i don't want your apology and she says like go talk to them and he opens the door and it's just deathstroke in there huh well i'll be damned hmm son of a bitch uh, I thought it was really cool that we see Jericho. Or, or, I mean, I like the interaction the team had bringing Jericho in and, like, laying things out for him. Like, they they were trying to con him, but, like, they see him as more as an equal now, um, even though they were shitty to, to figure that out in the first place, but um, realize his potential and whatnot. But, yeah, it's cool. It's It's... I dig it. So, yeah, I really dig Deathstroke. That's always fun. I don't know if I like him yet. I, I, it's he's way too overpowered, and it seems one-on-one Titans can handle him pretty decently, which it should be much more 
lopsided. Um, considering Grayson really is the only one with training. Um, I guess, yeah, he could have definitely killed Donna. Um, yeah, and he, he could have killed Dick, like, if it wasn't for Jericho. See, and that, the whole Jericho situation makes me, like, that makes sense why Dick didn't die that day. Is yeah, he was Jericho took him over. Yeah, but and uh, if that's the case, that means Dick's still lying. <laughs> break the team it. up again. Uh, but no, like, three. I love, but I do love that scene where like everything that Deathstroke does at the end of that episode is planned out perfectly until Jericho comes in the end. Like he didn't really give a shit about the the Amazonians, right? He just used them to lure Donna there so that he could attack her to get Dick to come to the meeting to try and turn Jericho against them. It's like, he's just a manipulator and he's always ten steps ahead of everybody. See, and I I wish they showed that a little bit better than just that scene. Um, because, I mean, he just seems like a gun for hire, but he's so much smarter than that with just that one scene. Um, so I wish they would have just given a little bit more of that along the way. Um, maybe we'll see that a little bit more to finish off the season, but um, yeah, it's it's cool. I dig it. So from there, uh, let's talk spookums and let's talk about thirst in this Catholic vampire. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Possibly um, the strangest, one of the strangest vampires movies I've seen. Oh, really? Uh, I've seen a lot of them. There's some weird ones. Um, it it reminded me a lot of uh, Raw and how like they kind of it's not romanticized and it's not feared really. It's just like they're just existing alongside of regular people and. I don't know. It, it played a really uh, weird through line uh, existence. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, it's like it's a weird movie. It's like I feel like it's much more interested in like the psychosexual relationship and between this priest and his friend's wife and the implications between that and what you would do to be with the person you want to be with, but then they kind of like, but also vampires. <laughs> but also vampires. Um, yeah, I, I completely only went into this movie knowing it was about vampires, and like, considering he had, the the only other one I've seen is Old Boy, and like, I just figured there'd be some weird twists and turns in it. Um, totally not the case. And a reasonably just straightforward vampire tale um, yeah, I mean, there's not for, much to it. For being like, 15 years old, I mean, the, the effects are really fucking good, and I really dug, like, all how they did everything, and, like, they didn't over-say any, like, they didn't, they let the uh, viewer uh, kind of interpret everything rather than saying what's going on, for the most yeah. part. But yeah, I mean, like, it's not, it's not bad. But, like, if I look at, like, his filmography, I'd watch almost anything before watching this again. <laughs> uh, was like, this I his love... first? 
No, this was after the. This was like he did the Vengeance trilogy, and then this. Oh, like this was see. after Old Boy. See, I thought this was the first one, and then he went into the the uh, trilogy. So I was I was planning on uh, pitching it to watching the other three now. So I'm no, totally this bad. was after, and this okay. is before he did. Um, he did Stoker after that. I think was his English language debut, which. I was almost confused for that movie for a minute, but then I was like, no, that's just the movie that's titled after the guy who wrote Dracula, not actually the one about vampires. <laughs> nice. Nice. But yeah, I, I, I dug it. Um, I was yeah, I mean, expecting like, a much end, more think... uh, scary movie, but... Yeah, and I don't think it just... I don't think it has the power of his other films. Like, I think oh, there's... Yeah, for sure. There's stuff that's interesting and like it's a beautifully well done film, but like in the end, I just didn't grab anything in it. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of just explores this uh, relationship and that lust um, kind of engineered situation that they have found themselves in. Um, it was. It's kind of more interesting seeing um western culture like take on catholicism or like any religion of any kind um because it's i guess they're more portrayed to just be like buddhist or uh, meditating style of religions um so to have one so uh, after watching the witch and it being very heavily uh, religious and pagan stuff, like it was just such a weird uh, mishmash between these two for sure. Wow. So from there, uh, the witch and you fuck that movie. Why it's so good? It's really fucking good, and it's 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 got that. Um, atmosphere of like Midsummer and Hereditary. Um, it uh, rather than not showing anything, um, gives you the witch three or four times throughout the movie. So like it builds this tension that's like it could happen at any point, and when it does, it's like God damn it, fuck this shit. Yeah, like <laughs> like when I was rewatching, I was like. Oh yeah, they do just straight show us a witch stealing a baby in the first ten minutes of this movie. Um, it reminded me of the wind too, like how that like just kind of treaded along, and you didn't, you weren't sure what was real and what wasn't, and like all this shit's real, and like all this shit's really happening, and like uh, it does a great job of separating these uh, groups of two most likely most of the time, and like give some reasons to be here and there and like not having light and like barely seeing what's going on out of the corner of their eye and shit like that and like holy fuck that last 10 minutes of the movie I was like what the fuck is all of like it's great because it's ambiguous enough to that point and it's like maybe this is all being imagined maybe she's a complete crazy person maybe she is the witch um, and then she starts talking to the goat, and I was like, what in the fuck? Like, I was totally cool with her just being crazy and killing her family. 
But no, you drop the fucking nope. She's they're really witches and like they really believe in this shit. There is a book. <laughs> yeah, like, I love the like I love the specificity of that film. Like how much it focuses on language and being period accurate and showing you know what life was like at that time and how easy it would be to just one bad thing is wrong and your family is doomed uh even without the sense of existential horror of the woods um and i think that's you know something that works in the lighthouse too since i saw that finally uh he he deals with it there too and makes it very period specific and it's it's about isolation and like being alone and having to you know rely on these other people around you and what if one thing goes wrong with one of them how does that affect everybody and or you know like compare it to like the first week of spooks or you know when we watched the shining Mm -hmm. and like the, the this family being isolated out in the middle of nowhere and is there supernatural pushing them this way or are they just losing it out there? Yeah. Um, I really love the end of the movie where it's like, yeah, all this shit was taken from diaries and uh, periodicals at the time. And like all the language is from the, the diaries and shit too. Like there's, it's all very accurate to the point in time and they're referencing. And I was like, shit, like, <laughs> Uh man, that last ten minutes though. Well, like I love so much that movie. Like fucking that goddamn goat is terrifying. Absolutely terrifying, and I'm pretty sure I'm sleeping with the light on tonight because the goddamn goat. Like when they're locked in there with it, and like the like when the like the twins are just like up in its face and like bah bah. I was like, you leave that fucking goat alone, it's gonna eat your soul. Fucking creepy as shit. Man. I think the, uh, that, the hardest part was like when its goat hand came like on her shoulder, like just hiding the shadows, but like its its little hoof hand. Like you touch it, I was like, Oh fucking Christ. I don't even know anymore. What the hell with all of this. But, <laughs> but you know, you you also like you're left to wonder, because like the the twin children were talking to the goat and it was telling them things and you don't see what happens to them. Were they the one? Did they make a pact with the devil too? Like what what precipitated all these events? You know, what I set think, it off? I think a thing that really helped sell this movie to you is watching Blair Witch a couple weeks ago um, and like having that atmosphere behind it all. Like not seeing the witch and like being very blatant about showing the witch a couple times early off like shit what's gonna happen <laughs> so yeah it's a... like, the the fucking performances across the board are great too oh, for like sure. you know like i love Andy and, Joy Taylor. and yeah this the is, like, chick from fucking thoroughbreds and... like i just couldn't get her <sighs> evil nature out of my mind even though she was very uh forthcoming and like a sincere person in this movie like in the back of my head I was like this bitch is just setting the whole family up just because she killed a horse (laughs) yeah like but you know she's great in this and this this was the first movie she was in and like I love her in Thoroughbreds and she's really good in Split even though like I don't really like that movie Um, 
and like that fucking like the the boy like during that like his death scene like my god that oh, is so yeah. good oh god when he spit out the apple i was just like i almost can't handle this oh. <laughs> i don't want to see any witchcraft shit <laughs> that's why like after like last week when you're like fuck Suspiria and all this witch shit and you're like I want to watch The Witch I'm like whatever man you're the one picking these movies well like this is one that I've been avoiding for a long time because um, I think people were talking about it when Hereditary came out last year and I was just like I don't need that shit in my head like after seeing Hereditary I was like no fucking thank you um, but I figure we'd have one real good spook em for sure so but I, I think it's just it's that a24 oh, tone yeah, for sure so um but you know like so i'll segue real quick into uh c- comparatively since i saw eggers new movie the lighthouse mm-hmm. um uh, there's a mermaid vagina in it <laughs> i knew about that because i was gonna fucking text you about it i was like oh man i hope it comes around because god knows we've seen enough of that in the last two years so uh there, there's also like, oh man, like the sound design in that movie is unbearably good. Like, it mainly because like that motherfucker, like, there's a foghorn that goes off like every 15 seconds in that movie. I love and, like, it just drives <laughs> you slowly insane, like everyone else. Uh, and Defoe and Pattinson are brilliant in it. Nice. Um, and they also make out at one point. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's all these weird things about like repressed sexuality and like uh, hell as other people and like gaslighting and this relationship between those around you and in severe isolation. So but it's just also, so like, are these just two people like uh, caretakers of this lighthouse? Like, yep. For so an like, extended period of time, like shining ones. Yeah, so like it's uh, they're they're out there for like four weeks, okay. and like the the foes like the experienced one in Pattinson's like green, and uh, through a series of events like uh, a nor'eastern storm comes in and their ship doesn't come to pick them up uh, when it's supposed to at the four week mark, which kicks off insanity. Like, <laughs> uh, but I'm telling you, like. It has this, like, undercurrent of, like, Lovecraftian dread of, like, this mounting unease and unknowingness, but it is also fucking hilarious. Like, the movie is so funny. Like, nice. when, um, like when Does it have heads, that same, like, gripping terror as The Witch does? No, I don't, and I don't think it's meant to. Okay. Like I said, the movie is fucking hilarious at <laughs> so many points. <laughs> Like when the storm hits, Defoe's just like losing it. And he's like, "Come boy, we need to go get the rations." And like he takes him out to this spot in the land, and like with a shovel, and they're digging up the rations. And there's this box underground, and they open it, and it's just booze. And they just go on this huge fucking bender. <laughs> and like it's just them, just fucking. They each got a bottle, and they're just guzzling and stuff. And <laughs> this one point, like <laughs> Pattinson's just like, you know what? Fuck you, and I hate your cooking. I hate everything you make. All I want's a steak. If I had a steak right now, I'd I'd fuck it. That's what I'd do with the steak. And Defoe's just like, 
abjectly hurt. He's like almost crying. He's just like, you're fond of me, lobster. Tell it. Tell me your truth. You like my lobster. <laughs> and yeah, like, no. I'm so looking forward to that movie now. And like Pattinson's like, no, your cooking sucks. And Defoe just stands up and gives this amazing like two and a half minute fucking like monologue where he's just full on crazy Defoe, not blinking and like you're terrified of him. And he's just screaming to all the gods of the sea and Poseidon to smite Pattinson's down because he doesn't <laughs> like his cooking. Nice. Uh, it's all black and white, right? Uh, there's... Hmm. Yes, but I'd say it's more of a gray film. Okay. Like, there's not, like, hugely crowded. And it's shot in, uh, like, 4-3 aspect ratio, so it's just a box. It's not full. It's Is that why you were I... so weirded out by Titans? No, Titans was literally, like, the second... I watched two episodes in a row, and I was just like, was last episode widescreen? I don't think it fucking was. <laughs> nice. Um, right on. Yeah, yeah. Go out it's fucking it's so good like in so many ways you wouldn't expect nice yeah i'm definitely looking forward to it even if it uh comes to one of the video on demand places early like i'm definitely going to check it out as soon as i can so for sure um let's jump from there and let's talk about dolomite yeah i forgot i watched this it was really good though (laughs) so good god damn it i loved it um you're waiting for the shoe to drop every minute of it and like i'm just enjoying the story of like this this artist like trying to get his work seen more and like the the hoops he's willing to jump through and everything like that and it's like it's gonna be like this kevin smith story where like he almost gets there and like or the the room where like he has best intentions, but it really just turns out crap. Um, but damn, if the like, I would never believed it was a uh, real story if if they didn't um, actually have clips at the end uh, showing so, um, the real actors and whatnot. So now that you say that, like, excuse me. So you weren't familiar with Dolomite before going into this film? Nope, had no idea. See, I knew, and how I knew was, back in the day, Mad TV used to do Dolomite sketches all the time, <laughs> and that's how I knew what Dolomite was. Um, so I knew, uh, like, it, then when I grew up and I realized that was a thing, and, like, I knew of Dolomite in these films. Um, I've never actually, like, watched one, but I knew. But I didn't know the full story of, like, uh, Rudy Moore. Um but I knew like the films were successful and there was many of them. So it does follow this kind of like standard biopic, you know, it it has that same structure that most biopics do, but like it doesn't fall down that rut of there being like the, the, the dark period, you know, where like everything was going bad. Like this is just someone struggling to like do what they think they're born to do and get it out there. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the end, it's very uplifting uh, Eddie Murphy is fucking great in this movie. Yeah, it, it was a little jarring to start off this movie because, like, I want to say it was a month or two months ago when he came out and, like, was so uh, distraught about Raw and everything like he did in, like, the 90s. Um, 
and like to go from that to this and where he's just living in in the moment of the, what that time period was um was just that was just fantastic um wesley snipes did great too like oh my god wesley snipes is so fucking good in this movie uh, i think my favorite little thing might be his coke nail <laughs> Man, I just want to rip people's guts out right now. Oh, man. But like, everything's I, I so like cooked food for the movie. Listen, take our word for it. Fucking fire up Netflix right now and just watch that goddamn movie because it's fantastic for sure. And then, like, uh, I think, like, the, uh, the story between him and uh, uh, the Queen Bee character, I think, is very oh, sweet. Yeah. Well done. Like yeah, you could tell there's genuine affection between the two, but they couldn't do anything. But it's just so well done, mm-hmm. man. And, and you also get to see some sweet karate moves. <laughs> Is there any way you could film this to make it look like he's actually kicking? Nope. All right, that's no. cut. <laughs> oh, this movie's so good. Uh, I'm definitely gonna be rewatching it soon because it was such a just a fun time for sure. Yeah, um, and like, it's just it's funny and it just hits all the marks and it moves and like, you know, like I I like hit stop a couple times to like jump up and use the restroom or whatever. And I was like, oh fuck, I'm only like 30 minutes into it. Oh, it's gonna be forever. <laughs> but like, it just kept going and it just works really well. Um, and also like watch this and then. Go fire up Amazon Prime because the Dolomite movie is on Prime. I totally just saw that while I, while I uh, pulled up uh, Watchmen. I was like, oh shit, I might have to actually watch the Dolomite movie for sure. Um, but like, it led to so many like crazy moments where like <laughs> they're going over the reviews in the car and like the the people are just tearing them apart. He's like, oh fuck those guys. This guy gets it. He's like, the people want to see action. They want to see their titties, and they want cuss words, and that's what we're going to deliver. And, like, they pull up, and, like, he's kind of like, what if this doesn't do well? And, like, there's just people wrapped around the block, and it's like, fuck yeah, man. (laughs) (laughs) So. Oh, yeah. Um, So, from there, do you want to hold off on uh, Dark Fate, then, till next week? I mean, I'll probably catch it, but are you trying to say it's good? Is that what you're saying? fucking awesome actually it's the like the third best terminator is that what you're saying out of six terminator movies i'm gonna tread very softly but i feel like this one beats out the first one but not quite takes down the second one i Mm, really think it's the second best terminator one you're a fool because it's terminator one terminator two and then the Sarah Connor Chronicles from Fox TV. That's the the exact ratings of Terminator films. I've never seen the Sarah Connor files, so I can't rate them. It's really good. It's really good. Oh, trust me. Like I, I just went around and saw, and saw what a couple people were talking about with Dark Fate, and they're like, if you haven't seen Sarah Connor files, now is the time because like they don't think, or um, they probably are. Uh, they're they're thinking that the Terminator series is probably going to be brought to TV like uh, Hobbit and stuff like for Hulu and whatnot. So 
Mm. I'd uh, say with the way this is the like third Terminator movie that's essentially flopped in a row. Like I think this franchise yeah. is probably just dead for a while more. Well, that's what that's why they're uh, predicting it'll go to uh, a streaming service for sure for uh, like eight episodes or whatever. Um, but yeah, talk about a bomb! Like I think it did. It, it's number one at with thirty million, but I think they're projecting it to lose a hundred million. Which is yeah, they said something like it had to, it had to do like four hundred and eighty worldwide to break even, and there's just no way that's gonna happen. Is it out? Uh, internationally already? Yeah, it made like a hundred million altogether. Damn. Uh, really enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> you get the un- unkillable and like they turned it up a notch for the machine. Um, all the stuff they show in the trailer, like that's the first like uh, ten minutes of the movie. Uh, and then it just takes off from there. Um, I think it would have been cool if they would have hid the uh, Arnold room, um, for sure. But at this point, they ain't making a Terminator with Arnold. Like at this point, they just. (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong, but uh, damn, he looks good in the movie for sure. Uh, Taking on his Terminator, minus the beard. The beard's the part that doesn't make sense to me, but it's whatever. I can forgive it. but yeah, Sarah Connor's just going around wrecking Terminators wherever she can find them. It's so good. Yeah. But again, like I could watch T2 if I wanted that. Yeah. Uh, I I feel like it it, ra- or it brings it to a good conclusion um, if you had to just have these three Terminator movies uh, side by side. It's just a good, wholesome three movie shot. Um, completely neglects the other three so, so fuck them um but yeah i really dug it um the action's great uh the final square off is really awesome um man there's so much to like about this movie i really hope you do check it out because that's i really want to talk about it uh but i don't want to spoil oh, I'll, I'll probably catch it okay well as long as i actually get a day off this week i'll probably catch it <laughs> right on so uh, I know you're dying to talk about it, so let's get into Watchmen from HBO. Do you, uh, did you finally pull your head out of your ass and realize how great the show is? Listen, you remember when we were talking about Guardians 2 and you liked it, but you didn't like it as much as me? That's where we are with Watchmen. I like it, just not as much as you. Um, mm, no. But no, I totally came around for these two episodes for sure. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I feel like there's little moments that I missed in the first one. I think I'm going to go back and watch the first episode um, because I didn't notice the blood drip on the sheriff's badge at the end. That's literally the last shot of the episode. I know! <laughs> and I was like, how did I fucking miss that? Like, I saw it in the recap, and I was like, is there more than I... Like, I was just so pissed off that I wasn't paying attention while I was watching it, so I- I'm probably going to rewatch that first episode this week, but talking about these episodes we get uh essentially the rounding up the cavalry because they think they are the ones that hung the chief uh and then we get silk specter 2 showing up for the second episode or the third episode Mm -hmm. so good um did you know about the tulsa riots going into this movie or into this these shows 
I briefly heard of them before, but like not like intimately know what had happened. No. Okay, so I had no idea, and I thought it was something that they did for the show. Um, but then, like all the all the uh, news articles came out, like nobody really realized that, and I don't think we ever got past the American Civil War for history growing up through all the the social study classes that I had. So like, well, like it doesn't matter because like. And nowhere are you going to be taught about how, like, white neighboring communities got personal airplanes and were bombing this rich, affluent black community. Yeah. Like, it's just this, you know, they killed, like, 300 people in one day. Hmm. It's, it's fucked up in such a... It's surprising that it's not known considering what a... Uh, just an awful part of history it was especially yeah, for uh, our I'm, own ha- our own land <laughs> yeah i'm basically the same as uh lindelof in that he learned about it through uh ta-nehisi coates essay in the atlantic and that's where i heard about it too uh and like one thing was like oh i i heard about it i was like oh that's fu- that's fucked up i hate it and then lindelof's like I'll make a TV show about that. I'm like, that's why you're better than me, Lindelof. Man, it it, it really works well. Uh, I think that's the hitting point for this series. Um, essentially, uh, the lineage from those people that were killed in there are getting reparations nowadays, and it seems like white folks are upset that they're getting money from the government because the the atrocities that were committed against their families and stuff. Um, that's where you see the seventh Calvary come into play. Um, they're kind of just a mob of people that are upset about all this, um, essentially against the police as well. Um, but what I love about the show is that it's so morally ambiguous that, you know, you go back to that first episode and when they're showing the, uh, like the uh the like pr video or whatever you want to call it that the seventh calvary put out you know being like you know we're we're coming for you we're gonna do this they're juxtaposing it uh and framing it in the exact same way versus the police who are also wearing these masks versus these guys like they're the same side of a coin you know or different sides of the same coin like where does the line blur between these two the show obviously you know yeah, I think it's a it's a really poignant uh, when um, Looking Glass actually says it too. They're like they have mask envy, and that's why they're getting pissed off. But you know, it's like uh, what uh, Lori says in this week's episode. You know, when she's like, "What's the difference between a mass vigilante and a cop?" I don't yeah, know. I well, neither do I. You know, where and and then also in season two or episode two when they're showing the show within a show, right? And you're getting Hooded Justice's narration. He's like, you know, who the fuck am I? If I knew that, I wouldn't wear the mask. It's these mm-hmm. people who just, you know, different functionalities of their psyche come out through within this specter they hide behind. It's really cool to see this um, contrasted with the boys, um, considering, like, those were heroes for hire, essentially. And these... And they had superpowers, but, like, these are just cops that are essentially dressing up in uh, vigilante heroes or walk- working aside 
uh, cops. They have a little bit more leniency, it seems. Um, and damn. I just... The atmosphere of the whole show just works so well. And it's on such a guided path. Um, I feel like so next well. week we're getting fucking Dr. Manhattan, which is fucking cool. Um, they showed a glimpse of him in the first episode, and I figured he'd be showing up before now. But, like, this next episode, you... we're going to be halfway through the season. It's like, damn it. I just Now I want more of it. And it's like, fuck. So. Do, you, do you want to know? Do you want do you want to know my theory? What's that? Remember in the one scene that you saw of that new news footage you saw of Dr. Manhattan on Mars? Mm-hmm. Right? Do you do you remember what he was doing? Uh-uh. He he was building a castle out of the sand on Mars. Why was he building a doesn't he have his clock or his uh, glass tower? Well, that's in the books he had that, right? Okay. But he was built he was building a castle on Mars. Um, I think that's the castle that Ozymandias is in. I think Manhattan's holding him on Mars. Damn. Now that'd be awesome. Because, uh, like, did it not seem like in episode three that Vite was trying to build a spacesuit and, like, the guy was frozen when he found him? Shit. See? I'm glad you're catching up on this stuff. Because, like, Obviously, when it, it happens, I'm like, oh, shit. Now I remember, like, all that stuff makes so much sense. Um, fuck, that's awesome. Um, plus, they, it, it'd also plus be a very Aussie thing to do to make a play about him, his captor. Uh, yeah, plus, <laughs> essentially, yes. plus, you did learn that in this episode that he's not, like, in exile somewhere, just retired, that he's being held there. You mm-hmm. know, there is... "Quote unquote game master who's holding a game warden or whatever is holding him there. I'm sure we're. I'm sure he's gonna catch him and like uh, <laughs> reveal that he's just one of the other clone butlers. <laughs> so good, just burning oh, them left and right. I can't wait to see what he has planned with the dead butlers. <laughs> well, my thought would be since the show does seem to homage the book very well mm-hmm. um remember you've read we went over this you read the book right yeah yeah uh remember the interstitial story within it the black freighter yeah that's where why, that's why it was uh cool to see that they had the uh scythe and the flag from it yeah but remember how that story ends the the dude who stuck literally makes a raft out of dead bodies to get away <sighs> Shit, that's awesome. <laughs> Let's make a make a spaceship out of people. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's just so much I love. Like, um, I love in episode two when um, Angela goes to Judd's house and finds the KKK outfit in his closet, just the same way Rorschach found the comedian's uh, outfit in his costume. Um, yeah. there's just all these little nods that I love. Uh, that her goggles look like something Night Owl would mm-hmm. wear, right? It looks like some his tech. And oh, then man. once you get to this episode, in episode three, and they just start, you know, here's Lori, and we're going to talk about Night Owl and Ozzy, and we're going to talk about Dr. Manhattan. I was like, yes, I love everything about the yeah, show. Just yeah, give I'm me like, more. Yeah, yes. Yeah, it's fucking just in a telephone booth t- talking to Dr. or leaving a message for Dr. Manhattan. Just a joke. Ah. Oh. It's a great narration Plus, to what's happening. It's like, 
oh god everything works so well it does and then like you realize that like not only is she telling a joke but like that's the comedian's daughter who's now telling jokes and she's Fuck, using... I completely forgot about that <laughs> yeah and uh and you know like literally she uses Rorschach's at the end you know like when she's like uh you know drum roll curtains good joke that's a bleedy that's the exact yeah, yeah. end of Rorschach's journal entry uh and then when the actual joke comes that you know the car is the brick from the yeah, joke that falls yeah. down that's what I was gonna say I was like and then she just breaks out laughing because it's like the weird world she lives in for sure but like the raining squid shit like all this stuff it's so fucking it's bonkers like at no point would this have made sense a decade ago but I'm glad we're in such a, a great point where this all just is like it's just working so well together so. plus it all works so well together and you also get a goddamn giant blue dildo that's like the Pulp Fiction <laughs> <laughs> fucking A man fucking A <sighs> so it's really fucking good you should be watching it if you're not you're an idiot um, that's true it's so good like I every, every, every Sunday I'm just like god damn that's so good I just it gets better and better like I I'm, can't wait <laughs> I'm really intrigued by the old man in the wheelchair uh, his powerful friends. Uh, I'm sure Dr. Manhattan has something to do with that. Um, Goddamn. Well, I do wonder if he's not right when he's talking to Angela in episode two, you know, and he's like, what, you know, what if I'm Dr. Manhattan? And like, you can't be. And she's like, you're literally saying that a God can't turn into a person. Like they're making himself look like a person. I don't think that he is. I do think that's a hint. I think Dr. Manhattan's going to be revealed to have been around throughout mm-hmm. the whole season. Yeah. Um, it, it'd be interesting. Like, uh, that'd be a great wrap up. Was like, we get to conclusion by episode seven, and episode eight just shows him, like, puppeteering everything at the end. Yeah, I think there's a lot going on, and I love every bit of it. It's oh, so good. Hell yeah, it is. So, uh, definitely looking forward to next episode for sure. Um, so then what we got on the docket for next week, obviously Watchmen, Titans, um, his dark materials. Yeah. I already watched about half of it while I was eating dinner. Nice. Um, obviously Dr. Sleep Midway, uh, and whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not watching Midway. Why are you not seeing Midway? Why would I want to see Midway? Because look at the... Look at the high caliber actors. And they look. Did, did you have you seen the trailer? It looks so bad. I've seen like ten seconds of it. <laughs> it looks so good for that ten seconds. Oh, it does not, sir. But we can definitely maybe. Let me shake my head. I'm, I'll see Terminator. You see Midway. All right, that's how it works. Um, probably. I, I want to do something a little bit different. Uh, and catch up on some of the movies that I missed. Um, but I think if we do, uh, like, Blind Spotting is up, and then uh, Bad Times at El Royale. I know you've seen uh, El Royale, but we never really talked about it. So. Yeah, because you didn't see it. 
But it fucking was never around. It was in theaters for like a week. <laughs> well, I happened to see it in that week. Yeah, because you have 10, 10 theaters a year disposal. I have one that I have to rely on. So, um, And then like next week, we would do like uh, mid-90s and the hate you give. Because I knew you wanted me to see those, but they never came around, so. Which ones? Mid-90s and what? Uh, the hate you give. Oh, whatever, man. You start catch up on shit. That's fine. I'll use this to catch up on my shit. So perfect, perfect. So and I'll be like, let let me think about that movie I saw a year ago. Let's see what I can remember. <laughs> about it. You're good at being jogged, so everything fires yeah. pretty quickly for you. Um, so yeah, watch all that stuff. Definitely be watching Watchmen. Catch Dolomite for sure. Um, and then we'll be talking about all that stuff and probably more next week. For random 123. We'll catch you later. Peace, pineapple, all that good stuff. Later. Big old blue dicks. <laughs> That's not the ending point. <laughs>